0: In the TSX 250, we found that the CO-based salary was on average cut by 33%. Campaigns requesting companies to disclose, payless less equity ratio, and integrating ESG in the incentive plan.
1: Welcome to the Exchange Feed podcast series. This is your host, Tanya Roundtree, Global Head of Client Success at TMX Group. In today's discussion, we're going to be exploring executive and director compensation in Canada. Today's podcast guest is the CEO of CG CGLytics, Anil Mahavier. For those of you who aren't familiar with CG CGLytics, they are a leading corporate governance analytics provider that provides an independent analysis of the governance practices of listed companies across the globe. They do this by combining the broadest corporate governance data set in the market to date and with the most comprehensive analytic tools. They really empower corporations, investors and professional services to instantly perform a governance health check and indicate red flags in seconds. They're headquartered in Amsterdam with offices in New York, Arlington, London, Munich and Sydney. And we are very grateful that Anil, their CEO is here to shed light on executive and director compensation in Canada. Anil, it's great to have you with us this morning.
0: Uh, thank you, Tanya, and, and thanks for having me on the uh, TMX podcast.
1: I thought we might begin by just um, telling the listeners a little bit about CG-Lytics, for those who aren't familiar, and perhaps about your approach to gathering information on executive compensation.
0: Sure. I um, founded the business in 2012 uh, with the goal to create more transparency in uh, companies' corporate governance and executive compensation practices by offering um, easy-to-access, up-to-date, good-quality information and powerful analytics with the ultimate goal to support engagement between corporates and investors to make better, uh, best possible decisions. And as you mentioned, uh, our software solution has a uh, pay-for-performance analytical functionality to support say on pay engagement, pay modeling, and also offers insights into companies' board composition and effectiveness. In addition, we are a strategic partner to diligence, empower its board diversity initiatives for building a more diverse board. Each year, we conduct an executive and director pay study across multiple markets. Our most recent study has been on the companies listed on the T S X 250. Our study provides key learnings that may re- may prepare. Um, corporations and investors to confidently engage with each other on topics such as the impact of COVID-19 on businesses and COP, ESG and stakeholder expectations.
1: Excellent. Um, Let's just uh, go go back a little bit to a comment you just made. I mean, that's an incredible broad data set. One of the things that I think is obviously timely at the moment is the aspect of what the impact of the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic has been. On business globally, but I'm also, of course, um, curious to learn about how that's impacted Canada specifically. Can you comment or weigh in on both the global impact and the Canadian impact?
0: Sure, sure, Tanya. Let me let me start with saying that this crisis is is very different from what we've seen in 2008, where we saw shortfalls in corporate governance oversight. Let's let's say, for example, in the banking industry, or in 2001 with the Enron scandal. COVID-19, the pandemic, has materially impacted businesses globally. The market has shown high volatility and has impacted, literally impacted, I think, everyone's life. Some sectors have benefited from COVID-19, while others were badly affected. The pandemic also had a significant impact on Canadian businesses and, and their livelihoods. For example, Sobeys, a Canadian supermarket chain, started hiring workers to fill new roles to perform tasks, such as checking people's temperature. Crowd management and enhanced cleaning protocols as a precautionary measure. Another challenge that many TSX-listed companies faced, similar to companies in other markets, were not being able to hold their AGM due to social distancing restrictions. Mm-hmm. Resulted companies in delaying their AGMs and only present financial statements or deciding to hold virtual meetings. And finally, to help business emerge from the crisis, the Canadian and, and the Canadian economy to recover. The Canadian Chamber of Commerce and the Canadian government established the Canadian Business Resilience Network, It's also so-called the CBRN. The organization aims to provide the tools and information needed to help corporations to reestablish normal operations and be better prepared for the next crisis.
1: Sounds good, yeah. I mean, I, I, we, we, uh, we've we been recognizing and applauding some of the great work that our TSX and TSXV issuers have been putting into place. And you, you've mentioned uh, some of those highlights in, uh, in your response. Uh, Now, you know, moving back a little bit to to the actual findings in the report, I wonder if perhaps you could um, talk a little bit about the main findings in the report globally and how that's left uh, TSX companies on the global stage.
0: Sure. Um, Like other markets, um, Canadian businesses are being asked to focus on uh, business measures that are centered around sustainability and operate in a social conscious way. This includes corporations' executive pay practices. With the pandemic, we've seen CEOs, directors, and senior executives operating in the hardest-hit industries taking pay cuts along with adapting their compensation plans. It's not just about taking financial steps for stabilizing the company, but also showing empathy to your workforce, managing reputation, and being socially responsible. We recently analyzed, as you mentioned, the impact of the disclosed pay cuts CEOs of public listed companies. Uh, that took uh, that pay cut in 2020 in the US, Australia, Germany, uh, Canada. And we looked at the Russell 3000, ASX 300, TSX 250 and the DAX and found that these cuts count roughly overall for 1% of the CEO's potential compensation earnings. It's also called total realizable pay. That will mm-hmm. be published in the 2021 season. Although pay cuts were put in place, these were predominantly done on base salary and not on granted and unvested long-term incentive awards. Right. When just looking at what the average pay cut looks like for just the CEOs in the mentioned indexes, we see this ranging between 6 and 11%, with the average pay cut taken by the Canadian CEOs being 10%. In Canada, mm-hmm. we saw 40 companies out of the TSX 250 performing a pay cut, totaling an amount of roughly, I think, around 10.47 million Canadian dollars. And if we look at the entire index, we see that the projected pay cuts compared to the projected pay of the whole industry only consists of less than 1%, which, by the way, is in line wow. with the other index that we studied. Okay. Furthermore, nearly all companies' initiated pay cuts not only meant for CEOs, but also directed to the other named executives' officers, meaning the NEOs and board members. Almost half of the companies that put in place a pay cut had their executives and board members gave up between 10 to 25% of their pay and 28% between 25 and 50%, which is quite material. Only three companies initiated pay cuts of 90% or more. For example, Air Canada Chief Executive Officer, Kaylin, I, don't know, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, Rubinscu, for example, yeah. has forgotten his entire base salary while his executives and board members gave up between twenty-five to fifty percent of the pay. In addition, we saw two companies, uh, which were Ivanhoe Mines Ltd. and em- a Mac Energy Group, mentioning that their intent of reducing both their base salary and equity compensation. Ivanhoe Mines, for example, a Canadian mining company, announced a salary reduction of up to thirty-five percent for the CEO and senior executives until the end of the year, but also the suspension of all short-term incentive award payments for all top executives. Mm-hmm. Another example in the TSX was Mac Energy Corp, uh, who is a, a Canadian energy company, announced not only a pay cut of 12 to 25% for the CEO, NEOs, and board members, but also disclosed that they are reducing the value of the 2020 Long-Term Incentive Awards by 20%. And finally, in the TSX 250, we found that the ceo base salary was on average cut by 33%. For named executive officers, um, NEO, their base salary was also reduced on average by 24%, compared to the Board of Directors' average base salary cut of 26%. As mentioned previously, in total, 40 companies of the TSX to 50 companies applied some cuts to CEO, NEO, and Board of Directors' uh, compensation. 31 companies in the index applied cuts to CEO, NEOs, and Board of Directors' pay. Taylor's Corporation was the only company that issued pay costs to its CEO Without similar measures to other executives or board of directors. The company announced that the CEO will forfeit 100% of his base salary for three months. Furthermore, seven companies also issued various pay cuts to only CEO and NEO. There's only one company that proceeded to board of director changes, uh, meaning a cut on their board of director pay. Kelt Corporation announced that their board of directors will be forfeiting 100% of the cash retainer. Finally accepted. Before we 40 companies, three companies announced that there were proceeded changes without specifying the amount of the pay cuts.
1: Really interesting, Neil. Um, In going through your data, I'm I'm curious to know how strong were our Canadian companies going into 2020? Um, You've talked a little bit about how they've been faring through the pandemic, but um, how strong were were our companies prior to and, and how are they faring now?
0: That's a good question, uh, Tanya. I think one way of looking at this is using um, uh, a financial metric called total shareholder return, which is really um, uh, the way stock price share um, changes over a, a certain time period. And it takes into account you know, dividend payments and um, share um, spin offs and split offs and et cetera. But it's a measurement that's quite often used by uh, shareholders. Uh, to measure the company's uh, performance and the value that the company creates for the shareholders, so when just looking at total shareholders as a metric for measuring uh, the performance, we saw a sharp rise in the TSX 250 median uh, TSR in 2019, and year to date that has materially decreased. The 2019 median TSR was around, uh, I think, 24.9 percentage, and year to date it's a minus 1.2 percentage. Wow when reviewing CEO compensation against TSR, this is also called doing a pay for performance alignment review. We okay. see that over a one and three year period that roughly between 30 to 35% of the companies in the information technology financial, se- and financial services se- sector can work on better aligning their CEO's pay with company performance when using the same TSR as a metric. Another observation, from our research is that most companies in the TSS index show a shift towards more long-term incentives. The changes in CEO pay structure reflect the shift towards the importance of a company's long-term objectives. Long-term incentives are taking a more prominent place in um, executive compensation design uh, among the TSS um, uh, companies, hinting that the companies are attempting to align pay with a longer-term focus.
1: Yeah. I got a
0: couple more points if it's okay Tanya
1: yeah for sure yeah
0: furthermore when looking at the pay ratio between the CEO and the average worker to reflect how high a CEOs compensation is by looking at the CEO pay ratio um, the, the the average CEOs in, the, in the, like CEOs in the US roughly earn between 400 to 500 times uh, more than the median salary for workers. Their European counterparts only earn uh, between 10 to 30 times more. In Canada, on the other hand, pay ratio disclosures are not mandated, as you know. But on average, Canadian CEOs make roughly between, um, I would say, roughly around 200 times more than the average Canadian worker. Another thing, another observation uh, of our study is while ESG is becoming um, critical in how businesses operate across markets, we don't see this yet sufficiently incorporated in executive compensation plans. In the US, for example, uh, based on current disclosures, we find that at least 35% of the companies have implemented at least one sustainability measure in their pay plans or structure. Whereas in adoption, we see that these are typically included in the short-term incentive program with a low weighting against uh, other KPIs. Despite stakeholder emphasis on ESG, adoption of ESG performance metrics, I would say, has been relatively slow. Another observation that I believe is good to mention when looking at the TSX 250 companies is diversity on boards. Studies have shown that half of the board of directors in Canada are comprised entirely by men. Uh, Less than 30% of board seats are held by women and 5.5% of directors belong to a, uh, let's say visibility minority. Therefore, uh, another leading initiative taken by the CBCA that I just mentioned before is to include Mm -hmm. other Characteristics, which are persons with disability and members of visible minorities, rather than just focusing on gender in the diversity disclosure rules. Um, a good example is, for example, Chemico Corporation, which is a uranium producer, has a condition that at least one board member must be from Saskatchewan origin and be part of an indigenous uh, group.
1: Right. Interesting. Yeah, we're, we're definitely hearing that more and more um, and we've put a big focus on ESG and we've seen the, the con, you know, the construct of talking about diversity really change and shift um, to inclusion and all kinds of um, different areas. When you look at this year, <laughs> literally it feels like 10 years, so much has happened from a social perspective in the ESG and I can only imagine that that is creeping its way into CEO. Um, compensation and metrics, so albeit slowly, and as you mentioned in Canada, um, a lot of work still to do. Given all that you've spoken about and highlighted in terms of the challenges and some of, um, you know, some of the ways that companies are excelling through this challenging period, um, let's talk for a minute about proxy advisors and institutional investors. Uh, What are they looking for in in this kind of a climate and environment and, uh, and why?
0: Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, what they're looking for hasn't really changed uh, dramatically over the years. It's very much that they're looking for um, socially responsible pay and sustainable pay practices, uh, which includes having strong pay for performance alignments, uh, metrics that are material to the business and linked to the executive's pay plans, mm-hmm. compensation plans that are simple, um, um, and uh, disclosures that are, you know, very well transparently, you um, Um, put into the market so I I think you know uh, these themes haven't really changed I think one of the things that has uh, has been um, emerging and has actually um, accelerated in in a certain way is the importance of ESG and how that's going to be incorporated in um, executive pay plans
1: definitely um, in terms of this proxy season, um, what does all that mean going into this proxy season?
0: Well, I think for the, for the upcoming proxy season, it means a number a number of things. Um, one is, like, um, there, there have been some recent amendments made uh, by the Canadian government uh, to the CBCA. And these changes will make it mandatory for, let's say, prescribed companies to hold non-binding votes on executive compensation, say on pay votes like you have in the US and the UK. And the CAVCA has not given a clear definition of the meaning of prescribed companies. Uh, Nevertheless, these non-binding resolutions will allow companies to realign their compensation policies with their investors' views by providing an open dialogue with shareholders on their approach to their executive compensation practices. It is meant to create a balance between the executive's accountability to its shareholders and the board's ability to make the right decisions for the long-term health and success of their company. However, this ruling had yet to come into force. But in anticipation of this, and more importantly, due to the pandemic, companies can expect higher scrutiny on their pay proposals in the upcoming season. The key things companies should be thinking of when preparing the same pay proposals are a socially responsible pay practice that is aligned with not only their shareholders' interest, but also their employees. Strong alignment between pay and performance. include CO pay ratio, although not mandatory, but in line with best practice. Um, which, by the way, if you look at um, um, campaigns launched by activists uh, in the 2020 season, we saw one of those campaigns um, focused on um, pay ratio equity and ESG. And integrate ESG metrics in pay plans. It's another um, key thing companies should be thinking of when preparing the say and pay proposal. Yeah. And then two things, seek early engagement with proxy advisors and investors to preempt any say and pay uh, risk and reputational damages, and then more importantly, very transparent disclosures.
1: Right. Um, in, in terms of any any litigation or activism regarding compensation, has that has that been uh, uh, happening much in 2020?
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm, look, I'm uh, I'm just aware of um, 11 campaigns that were launched on executive compensation matters um, in uh, when it came down to the TSX 250. Um, for example, the State Board of Administration, Florida, announced that it would vote uh, a no on same pay executive head practices uh, in a company uh, called Bob and Jay. um, And um, Glass Lewis also recommended the shareholders to have a uh, vote no on Bob and J. Inc. same pay measure um, at the uh, at the uh, shareholder meeting. Right. Um, and it was predominantly like you know if if I look at the the eleven. Um, campaigns have been launched, we saw campaigns requesting companies to disclose pay-less uh, equity ratio and integrating ESG in the incentive, incentive plans. And I think the latter, a good example, is s and uh, leveling grouping.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, sadly, we're running out of time. In, in, in conclusion, I just wonder, and I know you've given sort of, I think, some key things companies could be doing, but if you, if you had to leave our listeners with three things that companies should be doing and thinking about now, as it relates to compensation um, in Canada for executives and directors, what would that be? What would those three things be? I
0: I would say um, early engagement uh, with proxy advisors and investors. Um, Two is um, socially responsible pay practice, um, doing the right thing. And then three is Um, I would say showing strong alignment between pain and performance.
1: Thank you so much for for sharing your insights and findings. And uh, I know you've shared some really important information that will resonate. Uh, with our more than 3,200 publicly traded companies on TSX and TSXV. I just want to say on behalf of TMX Group that it was a pleasure having you join us today. I certainly hope it's not the last time and um, fascinating data that I know is beneficial to all. So thank you so much.